if you yield to strife, you're yielding to the wrong spirit. If you don't know what strife is, it's contention. If you don't know what contention is, it means if you argue all the time. If you're a fighter, if you're a brawler, if you're always wanting to squall and, and, and always, you know, you always have, you've got to give your two cents all the time. If, if, if it's different than what you believe, then they're wrong and you're right. You know what that's called? That's a five-letter word. Starts with a P, ends with an E. In the center, there's an I. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride cometh contention. Now, I'm sowing the word. Listen now. Only by pride cometh contention. Pride is the character of Satan. What was Peter yielding to in that moment? And he starts arguing with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you imagine? How many of us have argued with God? Well, God, I don't want to do it that way. Start fighting with God. What is that in your flesh? Pride. And notice what pride does. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. We should have a working understanding that very soon your life is going to be over. If you live to be 30 more years, 50 more years, 60 more years, let's say you live to be 120, which is what God has promised you, by the way. Amen. God's promised you 120 years on this earth. Amen. You live to be 120 years old. That is a short time compared to eternity. Yes. You're going to live forever. Either in heaven or in hell, you're going to live forever. Either in heaven or in hell, you're going to live forever. Amen. Forever. And so wouldn't it be better to do God's will now on the earth? That's why we need to understand this parable. We need to understand that when the word comes in, we now have to put it together mentally. We got to put it together mentally so that we can develop and not become wayside. See, you can be real good ground regarding salvation. And you can know that Jesus loves you and that heaven is your home. But you could be really wayside ground concerning healing. Concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Concerning financial prosperity. You could be wayside. Nothing happens. Amen. Luke's version in Luke 8.12 says this. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They can't get saved because he takes it out because they have no understanding. When it comes to salvation, you know, th this is my attitude, and, and this was the attitude of the psalmist. The psalmist said, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. And if you'll taste of the Lord and see that he is good, that word will go down there, and you'll get born again, and you'll meet the most wonderful person that you'll ever meet. His name is Amen. Jesus of Nazareth. Glory to God. This was my prayer to God many, 20 years ago now. This was my prayer to God. God, if you're really real, let me know. I wasn't tempting God. I wasn't trying to see an angel. I wanted the truth. And if you'll have that heart of wanting the truth, no matter what it's about, and you'll be diligent, you'll get the answer. God is not a respecter of persons. Glory to God. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 8. How many got wayside down? You understand wayside? Yeah. Wayside is very simply, they don't what? Understand. 
They don't understand. And whose fault is it? Is it their fault or the devil's fault? It's their fault because they don't quata. Amen. Amen. Luke 8, verse 13. Let's talk about the rocky ground, stony ground. Verse 13, they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy. How do they receive it? Yeah, but they akus. It goes in their, they akua. It goes in their ear. It's sewed into their heart, right? And they get excited about it. Receive it with joy means they receive it with a shout. Woo, pastor was preaching good today. Woo, did you hear that word that he preached today? Woo, glory to God. And then they go out and something happens. And these have no root. Which for a while they believe, but in the time of temptation, now you should underline that word temptation. In the time of temptation, they fall away. So for instance, if I were to go out and there's a small uh, plants out there, they, they put plants out there in the shape of W-O-F. I don't know if you notice, they're really pretty. But I could go out and pull one of them plants out, it would take me about two seconds to pull it out and it would die. Why? Because the roots aren't deep. But there's an elm tree out there that its roots, it, this thing's 30 feet high, its roots are longer than the tree. Could I go and pull that thing out? No way. As a matter of fact, if I drove my car into it, my car would lose. And the tree would win because the roots are deep. It says that this group have no root, and so in the time of temptation, say temptation. temptation. They fall away. The Greek word for temptation is parasmos. Come on, write it down. Parasmos, P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. Why do you need to write it down? Because if you don't go back and get a working knowledge of it, you'll be wayside, and you won't even get to stony ground. I see a couple heads nodding, yes. They, uh, excuse me, parasmos means to put to the proof, to experience Evil solicitation or adversity. The putting to, excuse me, a putting to proof. Experience of evil solicitation or adversity. This word is found 21 times. It's defined temptation 19 times, temptations one time, and try one time. It's defined as, listen to this now. To inflict evils upon one in order to prove his character and his steadfastness of his faith. One more time. To inflict evils upon someone in order to prove his character and the steadfastness of his faith. You know what that reminds me of? Paul said for this reason there was a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan assigned to me. To do what? To buffet him, lest he be puffed up. Who brings the temptation? Does, does God bring the temptation? No. Is God the tempter? No. Go to James chapter 1, verse 13. Let's put it up on the screen. I'm going to speed things up here. Amen. James, 
James 1.13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Never say that your problem is from God. God is not trying to find out whether or not you believe. Come on. God is not trying to see if you can be this great missionary or great apostle and you got to go through all these hard things from God in order for you to be proven. Uh Uh-uh. Satan is the one who comes to prove you. He's the one who comes to test you with evil. But I got good news for you. You have authority over the devil. You've been given authority to take him out, kick him out of your life, kick him out of your finances, kick him out of your relationships. You know, if you find yourself being someone who yields to strife, you're someone who's argumentative, you're someone who's contentious, you want a word from God this morning? A soft answer turns away wrath. You don't need to prove your point to your husband or your wife. You don't need to prove your point to your boss or your manager. There's someone bigger, stronger, and better that you can prove yourself to, God Almighty. And the way that you can do it is by simply yielding to his word. That's why he said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You'll find that you have a lot of power over your flesh through the word of God if you'll learn to shut up in those situations. You could easily respond. You could easily try to prove that you're right. But in the fact that you try to prove that you're right, you become wrong. Because anyone who is in contention, anyone who is fighting, is yielding to pride. Only by pride cometh contention. Only. It's an absolute, we call it in scripture. An absolute, which means every time there's strife, it's absolutely because of pride. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to myself first. Woo! Good preaching, Pastor. Luke 4, verse 13. And when, just put it up on the screen. Just write it down if you'd like. Luke 4, 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from Jesus for a season. This is when Jesus was in the wilderness. Was God tempting him or the devil? The devil was tempting him. Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into parasmos. Temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Isn't that like what Paul said? He said, I find this war going on in my flesh. When I go to do good, evil is present with me. If you'll put the word down on the inside and that word begins to grow roots, now when the pressure comes, you're like that elm tree and you are not shakable. You are not movable. You don't yield to that temptation of the devil because you got deep roots down on the inside. Glory to God. James 1, well, let's skip that one. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth Parasmos. What, what is parasmos? Do you remember? Temptation. temptation. To inflict evil upon one in order to prove his character and his steadfastness of his faith. Satan cometh immediately to take that word out. Blessed is he who endures that temptation. This man is blessed. 
Satan's coming to take it, but you endure it. Endure it, here is the word patience. By the way, God gives you patience. Patience here is not long-suffering. Patience here is a fruit of, is, is a uh, virtue. Uh, it's the Greek word uh, hupomene, and hupomene means staying power. It means the ability to stay that elm tree. If there was a, a hurricane that came through or a tornado, it might lose some leaves, but it's not going nowhere because it's got deep roots. Hupomene, patience, allows it to stand right there in the midst of the storm. When you got that root deep in your heart, you now have hupomene. You now have uh, epomene, is how you say it. Glory to God. And then you have patience that will cause you to endure the storm. The storms in life will come, but the word of God will keep you planted and rooted so that when the, when the storm stops, you're not only standing, but you're even stronger because your roots have gone deeper. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, one of my very favorite scriptures. There has no parasmos. Taking you, but what is common to man. In other words, is average and ordinary. Whatever attack's coming on you, it ain't that deep. Amen. The last church I helped pastor, I, they made a t-shirt for me. And the t-shirt says, ain't that deep. Whatever you're going through, it, it's no big deal. It's light. It's, it's not a big deal. Satan can't throw anything at you that's a big deal. You know how I know that? Keep reading. It's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be parasmos above that which you can handle. But with the parasmos, God will make a way for you to escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the situation is, all you need to do is look up from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. You'll find an exit sign. God will say, go through this door and you'll find victory every single time. Whatever you're going through, no matter how bad the parasmos comes, it ain't that deep. Isn't that what David said to the Goliath? They all said, man, Goliath is a 10-foot giant, weighs 700 pounds. He's a big dude. He's going to take you out. What David say? He said, it ain't that deep. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. He ain't got no covenant with God. I'm going to cut off his head and feed his body to the birds. I don't care if it's a bill. I don't care if it's a neighbor. I don't care if it's a landlord. I don't care if it's a husband. If you have word inside you, that root will cause you to be able to stand the storm. You'll find the exit sign and you'll have victory every single time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to James 1 and we'll close here. I got more. But I know how you are. Some of you set the timer on your roast. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's all right. You'll be back next week. Yeah. And most of you will be back Wednesday. Yeah. So the sower can sow some more word. Yeah. We want everything God's got for us. 
What do we do when the parasmos is attacking? What do we do when the pressure is on? And now, in the other Gospels, he doesn't use the word parasmos. He uses the word flipsis. T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. Flipsis. Flipsis is a Greek word that means pressure. When the word goes inside you and wants to start budding forth to bring fruit, Satan will bring pressure. And that pressure is coming to try to steal that word. But if you will let the pressure do its job, then what will happen is, is that the seed of that word will then begin to grow even more. When you take corn seed or cucumber seed, and some of you are doing that right now, tomato seed, you got a little garden in your backyard, you take the seed, the seed is dead. Well, the seed has life in it. But when you put it into the ground and you put dirt on it, it then dies. And then we put water on it, and that water, the heaviness of the water, puts pressure on the seed. And now, when the pressure is on there and the dirt is on there, now that seed dies, and then it begins to sprout. It begins to bud. Satan comes to put pressure on that word, but he don't know what he's doing. He thinks he's trying to hurt you, but actually what's happening is that you begin to grow as a result. Before we read James 1, go to Romans 5 real quick. Can you handle one more? And then we'll do James 1. Lord willing. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5. This word is philipsis here. Notice Paul's attitude. Paul got a hold of this thing. Paul said, trouble? Philipsis? He said, I eat trouble for breakfast. Bring it on. I'm not afraid of trouble. I'm not afraid of any situation. Why? Because I'm going to become better as a result. Paul understood that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. David, you know, Paul was like Rocky. You remember when Rocky was fighting Mr. T? And he's in the ring fighting Mr. T? All of a sudden, Rocky got this revelation that if he could intimidate Mr. T, that he would then wear him out. And so he said, he, he's losing in the natural. And, and Mr. T is knocking him. And he said, is that all you got? He didn't even put his hands up anymore. Is that all you got? Boom, boom, boom. Is that all you got? Is that your best shot? That's the attitude we need with the devil. Oh, yeah, you're going to hit my finances? I'm going to go win five people to Jesus today. Oh, yeah, you're going to hit my relationship? I'm going to go beat your kingdom down. This is Paul's attitude in Romans chapter 5. Verse 2, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice. We boast in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in trouble. Flipsis, pressure. What did Paul say? When trouble comes, Paul said, I put my hands up and I rejoice in the Lord. I shout the victory. Trouble doesn't shut him up. Trouble didn't cause him to stay at home and pull the sheets over his head and say, boo-hoo, woe is me. Life was so easy before I was a Christian, and now it's just trouble on the left and trouble on the right. Paul said, no. He said, in these things, I am more than a conqueror. He said, I rejoice in pressure. I rejoice in trouble. Knowing. Say, knowing. Knowing. 
What did he know? He said, I know that trouble is working patience. Epomene. It's working staying power. It's causing me to become stronger, bigger, better for God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, I'll let you get there first. James chapter 1, verse 2. Are you there? Yeah. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Read. Do what? So when trouble comes, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to count it joy. Paul said, I rejoice in trouble. I glory in trouble. Why? Because I know trouble's going to make me better. I know that my God will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to overcome this thing, and I'm going to bring many with me into the kingdom of God. Amen. I like what Brother R.W. Shambach said. He said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Hallelujah. Every head bowed in prayer and every eye closed.